Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts. There's another host that is joining me today, Daniel Sun. Yo, what's up, guys? Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that, yes, I am healthy. I'm about 96 to 97% good. I'd say so, yeah. My son's out of the hospital. We disinfected the entire house, disinfected the studio. We did. So we are back in the saddle this week. Thank you for your patience for last week and not publishing an episode. I was knocking on death's door for the third time in a month. So hopefully I'm all done with that. Fingers crossed. But uh, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 145 extra Patreon episodes. Now, to see this full list of Patreon episodes, you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can click on the Patreon Episodes tab, and there it will take you to Patreon, where you can see the entire list of past Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over near-death experiences where we discuss what they are and go over some stories that have been submitted to us from users who have experienced it, as well as discuss the theories surrounding it. So you get access to that episode as well as all of the others for just $5. If you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify, and that helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's perfectly fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is about dreams. Now I know we have previously covered this on Patreon. It was our very first Patreon episode that we published. However, this episode probably should be titled Dreams Version 2.0. But we're just going to call it Dreams, and it is different from the Patreon Dreams episode, okay? It's updated with new information, and it's going to come at you hot and strong and wet. Maybe not wet. I was like, that's starting to sound bad. Yeah. Anyway, so how this episode will go today is that we're going to talk about what are dreams, and then we're going to talk a little bit about ancient cultures and their beliefs regarding dreams, and then we'll transition into strange facts and findings then into theories, and then, of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Every night, as you lay your head on your pillow, you slowly begin to slip into the land of unbelievable visions. It is said that these visions represent your unconscious desires, thoughts, motivations, and emotions. However, 
what if this was not the case? What if it was a way for us humans to see into other universes, parallel realities, and alternate timelines? What if it is something more nefarious, like the government, aliens, or even artificial intelligence subconsciously controlling our thoughts? This is Dreams. All right, so to start this entire episode off today, we are going to quickly cover the basics of what dreams are, and then we will hop into the juicy stuff, like strange facts and findings, and the multiple different theories we have regarding dreams. So with that being said, Dan, can you start it off for us today and explain what dreams are and why we experience them? So. What are dreams and why do we have them? Well, dreams in basic terms are mental imagery or activity that occurs when we are asleep. Now, when it comes to sleeping, there are multiple different stages, but when you do dream, it usually occurs during the stage of sleep known as REM sleep, aka rapid eye movement sleep. And just an FYI, you can dream outside of REM sleep. It's not exclusive to REM sleep. I learned that the other day. The dreams you have in REM sleep are the ones that you actually remember more. Yeah, the more vivid ones. So in this stage of sleep, the REM sleep, R-E-M, your brain activity is at its highest, and your eyes move rapidly behind your eyelids. Not only that, but your heart rate increases and your breathing becomes irregular compared to the other stages of sleep that we go through. Now, it is in this stage that people have their most vivid dreams. And these dreams can range from being entertaining to romantic to sometimes even scary. Now, the average person has around three to six dreams per night. And those dreams can last for just a few seconds to even 30 minutes each. However, the majority of people tend to forget those dreams. As a matter of fact, around 95% of the dreams that we do have are quickly forgotten. And usually the only way to remember a dream is if you are awakened during the REM phase. Now, I am not saying that that is the only way to remember a dream. It is the most common way that we do. So there you go. Those are some facts about dreams, but that still leaves us with the question of why do we dream? Honestly, no one really knows why we dream or where dreams come from. However, the leading belief among scientists is that dreaming helps you consolidate and analyze memories. But like we said, that is just a theory, and it is not the only one, because there are multiple theories as to why we dream. But before we get into that, let's jump back in history and discuss a little bit about ancient cultures and their interpretations of dreams. So when it comes to dreams, every culture has their own interpretation of what dreams are. For example, as early as 4000 BC, the ancient Sumerians, who were just chilling in Mesopotamia, which is modern-day Iraq, by the way, so these Sumerians believed dreams were super important, and they even made a habit of recording them on clay tablets. Now, the Sumerians believed that dreams sometimes were seen as a means of seeing into other worlds, and they believed that the soul, or some part of it, moved out of the body of the person dreaming and visited these places and persons that they saw during their sleep. 
So it wasn't just the ancient Sumerians who were super into dreams. Because back in 2000 BC, in ancient Egypt, the Egyptians were pretty much into that shit too. They believed that dreams were like oracles that brought messages from the gods. Also, individuals who had vivid dreams were thought to be blessed and were pretty much considered special. Now, something else to add about the ancient Egyptians is that they were known for writing their dreams down as well so that they could remember them. So, seems like a pretty common theme. Anyways, all right, Dan, tell us about ancient Greece and what they were uh, dreaming about back then. Now, when it came to the Greeks back in the day, they believed that their gods would physically visit the dreamers by sneaking into wherever they are, they would deliver their divine message, and then leave the same way they came. So, a little bit more about Greek history is that in 5th century BC, there was a Greek philosopher named Antiphon. He wrote the first known Greek book on dreams. Now, it was during that century that other cultures would then influence the Greeks to start developing the belief that, hey, what the hell are you talking about, people sneaking into your rooms at night? That shit doesn't happen. What really happens is your soul, it leaves your body during sleep, dumbasses. That's what happens. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, I have a soul? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, another philosopher named Hippocrates who was the father of medicine, his theory was that during the day, the soul receives images, and during the night, whenever we are asleep, it produces those images. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there was another philosopher named Herodotus, who is the father of history. Now, he had a theory on dreams as well, but it was a pretty normal one. His theory was that visions that occur to us in dreams are more often than not the things that we have been concerned about during the day. I mean, when we think about that now, that seems pretty logical, right? But back then, the people were like, shut the f*** up, her retardatus. So that's what some of the Greeks thought about, you know, dreams. Now, when it comes to modern times and individuals understanding and interpreting what a dream means, like we said, no one really knows for sure. However, You can go into any like woo-woo spiritual store and there are going to be about a hundred different books about dreams and each one will tell you something different about your dream. Absolutely. And it is because of this that we are not going to go into the interpretation of what dreams could mean. For an example, uh, you dream about your teeth falling out, right? And one book will say, oh, that means you're going to find a good job next week. And another book will say, oh, that means that, you know, you're going to get bit by a snake when Jupiter is rising or whatever. So it is because of that we're not going to get into the interpretation of dreams, okay? However, we are going to get into our next part, which is about strange facts and findings. So Dan, can you start us off with this first one? Our first strange fact and finding that we're going to talk about is premonitions. Now, a premonition is a vision, a gut feeling, or another experience that grants you knowledge of things that haven't happened yet. Basically, like a prediction of what is to come, like seeing the future. Now, many individuals have dreams that are of the future. Then days, months, or even years later, these dreams that they've previously had end up coming true. For an example, let's say you fell asleep on September 10th, 2001 and you dreamt about the Twin Towers being rammed into 
by planes. Then the next day, 9-11 happened. That is what is called a premonition. Okay? And as crazy as that sounds, this has happened to a lot of people all throughout history. Not predicting 9-11, just premonitions. I mean, that too, though, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. For example, the famous American writer Mark Twain. He had a dream one night where he saw his brother laid out in a coffin resting between two folding chairs in his sister's parlor. And he was like, why the hell is my brother sleeping in a coffin in my sister's parlor? And then he just kind of like put the dream to the side. Okay. A few weeks later, Mark's brother was working on a steamboat and suddenly its boiler exploded. Eight days later, Mark's brother ended up dying from his wounds. The family ended up placing the coffin in Mark's sister's living room for people to come by and pay their respects. Now, when Mark entered his sister's living room to pay his last respects to his brother, he was shocked. His brother's coffin was stretched across two folding chairs exactly as he had envisioned it during his dream. And he ended up going up to him and being like, hey, why are you just sleeping? You need to wake up. Wake up, bitch. He didn't. No, he didn't do that. Actually, I do have a little knowledge nugget about Mark Twain that not many people know about. Did you know that he actually predicted his own death? I did not know that. Yeah. So get this. Mark Twain, which, of course, is not his real name. His real name is Samuel Clemens. That I did know. Yeah. So Mark was born in 1835. That year in 1835 is when Halley's Comet was visible. Now, Mark believed that his life force, a.k.a. soul, would be extinguished when Halley's Comet came back. Of course, in 1910, Halley's Comet ended up coming back into view. And guess what? Mark Twain kicked the bucket. Kind of weird. Yeah, it is. Which another weird premonition that occurred happened on September 26th of 2011, an individual named Mikey Welsh, who was the former bassist for the band Weezer, logged onto his Twitter that day and said, and we quote, dreamt I died in Chicago next weekend, heart attack in my sleep, need to write my will today. Then he tweeted again, correction, the weekend after next. Two weeks after that tweet, Mikey ended up traveling to Chicago for Riot Fest, which that's pretty much like an annual rock music festival. And um, I'm pretty sure Weezer was playing there that weekend. Unfortunately, Mikey never made it to the Riot Fest. So on October 8th, 2011, staff at the hotel that Mikey was staying at ended up opening the door because he wasn't responded. They were knocking, knocking, knocking. And some of the maids were like, he's probably just beating it. And they were like, no, he's been inside there for like days. He hasn't come out. So they had somebody with security come up and open his door. And there he was. They found his body, and 911 was called. Now, uh, the medical examiner stated that Mikey's death was the result of a drug overdose that in turn led to a heart attack, which ultimately killed him. So, yeah, he predicted his own death. Now, I know it might seem like premonitions are bad. However, that is not the case. Some of them are actually good. For example, famous filmmaker James Cameron had a dream one night of a future dystopian civilization that is being taken over by robots. James would then turn that dream of his into the movie, The Terminator. Which is a good movie. I personally like Terminator 2, but whatever, you know, it's Terminator. Anyway, so needless to say, 
many individuals throughout history have had these weird occurrences happen to them. Now, if you or a loved one has ever had something similar happen to you, please send us an email. We would love to read your story about a premonition that you had, you know, while dreaming or something similar to it, okay? You can send your emails to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at theoriesofthethirdkind.com, or you can send it to Dan, D-A-N, at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. We would love to read your story, okay? So with that being said, you ready to move into the next strange fact and finding, Dan? I am. All right, well, let's get into it. So our next strange fact and finding is about the Dream Machine and Kurt Cobain. Now, everyone knows who Kurt Cobain is. So he was a lead vocalist, guitarist, and songwriter for the very popular band called Nirvana. And tragically, his life ended too soon. So on April 8th, 1994, at 8.40 a.m., an electrician who had come to work on some security lighting at a home in Seattle had found the dead body of Kurt in the greenhouse that was located next to his home. Beside Kurt's body was a box of drug paraphernalia, including syringes and burnt spoons. The shotgun that Kurt had used to kill himself laid across his chest, and supposedly there was a goodbye note that was found in the room. Now, on the surface, this looks like an open and shut case of suicide, right? Well, apparently not. And we're not going to go super deep into the numerous theories surrounding Kurt's death, because that can be an entire episode on its own, which I believe we have scheduled. That we do. And uh, yeah, we have another one scheduled that goes along with it, which is super good. Anyway, so what we are going to talk about today is the dream machine, which I had never heard about before until I found this. Super weird. So tell us about it, Dan. So an artist, painter, and poet named Brian Jensen ended up making what he called the dream machine. Now, this machine is a trance-inducing contraption made in the shape of a cylinder with shapes cut out of its sides. This cylinder is then placed on a record turntable and rotated. Now, depending on the scale of the cylinder, it's either rotated at 78 or 45 revolutions per minute. While it's rotating, there is a light bulb that is suspended in the center of the cylinder, and as this cylinder spins, of course it has the cuts on the side of it, light emanates from those cutout holes at a consistent pulsating frequency range of 8 to 13 flickers per second. Now, when you close your eyelids and look at this device, so I'm guessing at the direction of the device. No, you stick your damn face right up on it. Oh, not right up touching on it? it. Yeah, if you scroll down, scroll down a little bit, there's a picture of one of those dream machines, and you can see how close her face is to it. Her nose is what, an inch or two away from it? Yeah, about an inch. And that thing rotates, and you just stare into it. Oh. Yeah, and if anybody wants to see this photograph, you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on today's episode, and we'll have all of, uh, the photographs that we talk about today located there. So tell us about what happens when you get really close to it and you close your eyelids. Now, when you close your eyelids and look at this device up close and personal, odd moving visual patterns begin to emerge and an alpha wave mental state is induced. 
Brian has stated that the frequency of the pulsations correspond to the electrical oscillations normally present in the human brain while relaxing. Now, why do we mention this dream machine? Well, there is a theory that this dream machine is, and I quote, a dangerous trance-inducing contraption and that there is a string of suicides associated with this machine since the 1960s. In addition to that, there is a claim that this machine caused Kurt Cobain's death. Now, is there any proof of Kurt even owning one of these machines? Well, it was reported that there was one of these found in the greenhouse where he committed suicide. And to add to that, a San Francisco businessman named David Woodard, who manufactures and sells replicas of Brian's dream machine, this David guy ended up doing an interview in which he stated that Kurt had called him as many as 20 times over a six-month period from 1993 to 1994 to talk about his life and the dream machine. David stated that Kurt had told him that he was using this dream machine for very long periods of time, up to 72 hours nonstop on some occasions. Holy shit. But you know what scares me after just seeing this? Because I've never heard of this. They make these things for kids. It's to help them sleep. They'll have like unicorns or dinosaurs or something on it. And you put it on their nightstand beside where they sleep. And they stare at it. And it spins. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, there is a fuckery afoot, okay? That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that is the curtain dream machine strange fact I'm finding. Even though it doesn't really have anything to do with dreams, even though it's called dream machine, you're not really dreaming, but we just thought it was interesting and we should add it. Yeah, I figured why not, you know? Scary. Speaking of scary, let's talk about our next strange fact and finding which is about the strange phenomenon known as sleep paralysis. Ooh. So if you don't know what sleep paralysis is, it's pretty much you lay down, you go to sleep, you know, like you normally would, okay? But instead of just calmly waking up to birds chirping in the morning, in the middle of the night, you're suddenly jolted awake. Woo! Not jolted, but you boom, you're like woken up, okay? But you're unable to move or speak, okay? So you wake up and you're frozen. Eventually, after a few minutes, or sometimes even an hour, the person who is frozen in this sleep paralysis is able to move again. Now, for some odd reason, people who have had this happen to them seem to experience a strange feeling of being watched while in this paralysis. They also state that there are demons, alien visitors, or even spirits in the room with them while they cannot move, which I think in our demons episode there was like a halloween during october i talked about this with like the demons and stuff yeah and the hat man that people see the hat man yeah that guy speaking of that aaron Rodgers called me the other day tell me his story about hat man wanting to come on he said we don't do interviews man he was begging to come on the show i was like i may put a poll up on instagram to see if they want aaron Rodgers on the show talking about hat man or not shit he's the hat man with that haircut he had for a while all right so in regards to, you know, these alien visitors, demons or spirits or whatever, a lot of people will say that, hey, you're not really seeing those. They don't exist. It's just your mind 
playing tricks on you. However, in nearly every culture in history, they have described experiences of sleep paralysis occurring and seeing weird things. For an example, in Deutschland, there is a folklore that an evil spirit named Mara enters your room while you're sleeping. She then sits on your chest, constricting your air supply and turning your dreams into nightmares. In Croatia, they believe that the evil spirit Mara actually takes the form of a beautiful woman at night and she visits men in their sleep to torture them and slowly suck away their life force over the course of decades. How does she suck that life force away is what I want to know. Ooh. Now in India, they have something similar to Mara, except it's not a beautiful woman, but rather an invisible demon that they call Paskadar that causes sleep paralysis. I have a little knowledge nugget to add to this. So as I was researching into Paskadar, I came across little tiny men that they called brownies. Have you ever heard of this? Are they related to Dendes or Dwendes? No, but they sound similar to them. So Dwendes were all evil, right? I mean, evil, they were most like tricksters, steal shit, I guess. Okay, well, if you piss these brownies off, then yeah, they'll do it. But according to Scottish folklore, uh, there is a legend about tiny men called brownies. They come into your room at night and they do chores for you while you sleep. Now, they don't like to be seen by humans, so of course they'll wait until you're fast asleep and in the dream world before coming inside. Now, as long as these brownies are happy, they will not only help you around the house, but if you have a farm, well, they're going to help around that as well. They'll go milk your cows. They'll go herd up your sheep. They'll go put hay out. They'll do whatever you need. But what happens if you piss these little things off? Well, according to legend, they don't do their chores. Instead, they'll come in your house. They'll freaking smash pots and pans. They'll knock over pitchforks. They'll spook the sheep and make them run away. And they'll even steal the pie that you place on your window seal to cool down. Anyways, so yeah, what do you think of those brownies? I wish they'd have had a different name. Yeah, kind of a bad name. A little bit of a bad name. All right, so that's brownies, and that's a little bit of history of uh, monsters and what caused sleep paralysis back then, which we're going to save our own stories of sleep paralysis and talk about that at the end of the episode during Free Talk. So now we're going to move on to the next strange fact and finding. Why don't you tell us about it, Dan? All right, so our next strange fact and finding is about an individual correctly predicting horse races due to his dreams. Now, I know we mentioned earlier about premonitions. However, we figured that this individual needed his own section. So there was an individual named John Godley, who was a wartime naval pilot, journalist, author, and farmer. He was the son of the second Baron Kilbracken, and when his father died in 1950, John ended up becoming the third Baron Kilbracken and became an active member of the House of Lords. Sounds like some Game of Thrones shit, man. It does. So in 1946, before John became the third baron, he started experiencing some strange dreams. Now, in one of his dreams, he remembered sitting down, getting the newspaper, and reading it. Now, on that newspaper, there were the winners of that day's horse races. So when John woke up from his dream, he ended up recalling the names of the two horses that won, which were Juladin and Bindal. John ended up telling his friend about this dream and that friend encouraged him to place a bet on Bindle, and which he did. 
Bindle ended up winning. John to bet all of those winnings on Juladin to win, in which that horse won as well. Initially, John thought maybe his dream was something, you know, that only happened once in a lifetime. However, just before the Grand National Race in April of that same year, John had another dream about reading racing results in the newspaper. This time, the winner's name was Tubermore. When John woke up, he checked the newspaper and found a horse named Tuberose. He decided the name was close enough, placed a bet, and won. So between 1946 and 1947, John had eight dreams predicting the winners of horse races. His friends and siblings all acted as witnesses, and he ended up keeping written records of the occurrences, and they actually made a report to the Journal of the British Society of Psychic Research. Now, after 1947, his predictive ability, you know, of dreaming all these winners, it kind of became sporadic. And then finally, in 1958, it disappeared completely. There's no more predicting horse races, which makes me kind of think, maybe he didn't have these dreams. This is just a theory I'm going to toss out real quick. Maybe he didn't have these dreams, and he used his dreams as an excuse, okay? Because in reality, he was fixing the races with his power. Just a thought. Something to look into. Interesting. Yeah. Have you ever been to a horse race? Nope, I have not. I don't like going to places that people waste money at. I've been once. I had no idea what was going on. Did you wear a big-ass hat? Wait, that's only the women who's got to wear the big-ass hat, or is that at the Kentucky Derby? What's the Kentucky Derby? Is that a horse race? I think that's a horse race. Is that a dog or a horse race? That's a horse race. Okay. Sometimes I feel really stupid, and I feel like I'm being judged a lot by the listeners. Look, I don't know anything about horse races. All I know is that a lot of people go, they bet money on horses, and a lot of the women there wear ridiculously big hats, okay? I never noticed that. But then again, I didn't really care for being there. I went with uh, my friend's family, and they just wanted to go just for fun to see what it was like. And I was like, I had nothing else to do. I was like, hey, okay. It wasn't that fun. Did you bet? I bet $2. Did you win? No. Oh. Because I had no idea any of the horse. I didn't know anything. I just picked a horse. I was like, hey, okay, whatever. Nice. Yeah. Wasted $2. All right, so let's move on to our last strange fact and finding. Now, before we get into that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Why don't you start it off first, Dan? All right. So in this strange fact I'm finding, it's about an individual that a lot of people seem to dream about. So back in January of 2006, 
a psychiatrist in New York was seeing a patient. As a client, of course. Wait, wait, did you say as a client? What do you think, this guy or girl is shagging the patient? Jesus. I mean, they're, they're out there taking advantage of people. I hate to say it. Anyways, all right. So what did the patient tell his psychiatrist? This patient ended up telling the psychiatrist that she would have reoccurring dreams of seeing the same man. Now, this patient also stated that in her dreams, that this man had given her advice on her life more than once. He went up to her and he was like, look, you're really f***ing shit up around here, Sally. You need to get your act together. No more pussyfooting around. Get your shit together, okay? No more hot girl summers. You need to get on the grind. Boss mode, babe, okay? She was like, damn, all right. Now, she also told her psychiatrist that she didn't know who the man was and had never seen him before in her life, except in her dreams. The patient then proceeded to draw the face of the man, and when she left, she gave the drawing to her psychiatrist, who decided to keep it. Now, we have a picture of this drawing, and if you want to see it, then you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on today's episode, and there the image will be. Now, this image, of course, is a sketch of a man who looks to be in his 40s or 50s. He has... Um, the biggest eyebrows you will ever see. Yeah, very bushy, caterpillar-like eyebrows. He is balding. He's almost got the Dr. Phil haircut, but not quite. Wide mouth. Wide mouth, yeah. Normal nose and normal ears. Kind of creepy looking. Yeah. So continuing on with the story, a few days later, after, you know, that patient drew this man and told the story, um, another patient entered the psychiatrist's office for his weekly visit. Now, this patient ended up, you know, seeing the drawing of this mysterious man laying on the psychiatrist's desk. And the guy was like, hey, I've seen that man in my dreams. This patient also made the same claims as the initial patient that he did not know the man and had never seen him before in his life, except in his dreams. The psychiatrist became curious about this, so the drawing of the man was sent to some colleagues to show their patients. Within a couple of months, four patients recognized the man's face as the man that frequently visited him in their dreams. Now, thousands of people from major cities across the world, such as Los Angeles, Berlin, Beijing, Rome, Barcelona, Paris, and even Moscow, they have claimed to have seen this man in their dreams. Now, the experiences that they have had with him in these dreams, they're kind of all over the place. Some of them, he just walks up to them and gives them life advice. He's like, hey, get your shit together, Roger. In other ones, it gets pretty romantic, sometimes even sexual. Oh. Yeah. But some of them are scary and creepy, where the man is just kind of standing there staring at the person who's dreaming. Now, there are a few theories as to why and who this man is. All right, before we get into that, let's take a quick break. It'll be our last one, so we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. One theory is that he's some type of ghost or haunting, like, you know, Freddy Krueger, and that people only dream of him after learning about him and seeing him. So basically like a cross between the movie The Ring and Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Then another theory is that the man was actually God or a guardian angel. But regardless, a lot of people are dreaming about this dude and no one seems to know why. Have you ever dreamed about him? No. I've not either. Uh, if you or a loved one have dreamed about caterpillar eyebrows here, 
<laughs> Send us an email. We'd love to hear about it. And uh, tell us what he did in the dream. Did he just stare at you like a freak? Or did he give you a motivational speech? We would love to know. All right. So I guess let's move into theories. You ready to hop into theories, Dan? Yes, I am. All right. So the first theory that we're going to talk about today is dimethyltryptamine, a.k.a. DMT. So a long time ago, when we first started off, me and you did an episode over DMT. That's correct. And it was a great episode. Now, if you remember in that episode, we talk about how an individual would inhale, inject, consume somehow the DMT. And of course, during their trip, quote unquote trip, they would see these machine elves and these other type of beings while they were in this DMT state. Now, this theory is, what if dreaming is your brain releasing small amounts of dimethyltryptamine from your pineal gland and you are in that dream state? That dreams aren't actually dreams, but an alternate dimension that we can only access when we dream and dimethyltryptamine is released from our pineal gland or whenever one actually does DMT and we only fully access this alternate dimension whenever we pass away. So we temporarily get to see it when we dream because our brain releases small amounts of DMT and that DMT allows us to enter into this dream dimension. Or, you know, you can smoke it, ingest it, whatever. It's your life, your body, your choice. Do what you want. But if you ingest DMT somehow, that allows you to enter the dream realm as well. But you don't permanently enter it until you pass away. That's this theory. Was it uh, ayahuasca? Ayahuasca, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty much DMT, but it's a tea. It's more for like the spiritual, religious ceremony stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's that theory. I mean, that's an interesting theory. It is. Why don't you tell us about this next theory? I like this one. All right, so our next theory that we're going to talk about is the simulation glitches. So this theory states that we are all in a simulation and that dreaming is a glitch in our software code that allows us to see into other simulations and what is happening. Think of it as a parallel universe, but a parallel simulation, running all the possibilities and outcomes, and you're getting to see a glimpse. It reminds me of the movie, uh, I think it's called The One, where that individual goes into different, it's either universes or dimensions, and kills himself. Oh, Jet Li. Yeah, and he becomes stronger. There can only be one. So yeah, that's basically what this is, that, you know, it's simulation glitches, and we're seeing into uh, the other simulations. Okay. I mean, simulation is always a good theory. It is. What's this next one we have? I've never heard of this one. So this next theory is called enslaved. So this theory states that your life is a simulation, like we previously talked about, and your dreams are pretty much us trying to find ways to wake up into the real world. Now, that will never happen, okay? Because in this theory... It states that there is a much higher advanced species that has enslaved the entire human race or whatever race we truly are. They've hooked us up to all these machines and are farming us as energy. Kind of like the movie The Matrix, you know, when they're all hooked up and getting farmed for energy for the AI. So, is that what they were being farmed for? Mm hmm. 
You know, I never really realized what they were being farmed for. I just thought they were there. So, yeah, that's that theory, enslaved, which pretty much states, to sum it up, we're all living in a simulation, and we're enslaved by these advanced species that's farming us for energy, and us dreaming is us trying to figure out a way to wake up in the real reality. Anyway, all right, so let's go on to our next theory. All right, so this next theory is called Consolidate, and it is probably the lamest one that we have on this list. Yeah. Don't bash us for this. This is what we found. Now, this theory is the one that we talked about earlier, how dreams are just a way for our brain to consolidate and analyze memories. Which, in the scientific community, that is probably the most commonly believed theory surrounding dreams. But the lamest. It is the lamest. This next theory is our last one, and honestly, it's my uh, favorite, okay? Okay. All right, so this last theory is called God. So to understand this theory, let's assume that every time you die, you get reincarnated into another person. Not as like a middle-aged dude. I'm talking like reincarnated as in you get birthed again into this life, all right? now. Living as this person allows your soul to experience something new and grow from it. Then when you die as that person, you get reincarnated again as a different person with a different life and different experiences, but the same soul. So this allows your soul again to experience something new and to grow from it every single time. So every person that is living, has lived, or going to live, is you learning new things. That means the person you were mean to at the checkout line, or the person you bullied at school, or the person who gave you the middle finger in traffic. That's all you, at different times, unaware that it is just yourself learning and growing. So what does this have to do with dreams? Well, this theory states that reality is nothing more than just a learning experience that we just talked about. And dreams are nothing more than just one of those past learning experiences bleeding over into your current experience. So let me get this right. You're not Aaron. You're my soul in another body. No, (laughs) as of right now, I'm Aaron. But when I pass away, I could get rebirthed as Dan. We experience time linear, but in this theory, time's not linear. I could get rebirthed into like the Middle Ages. Ah. It's all about experiences, and we're all the same person going through this timeline. Me and you, we're the same, same soul, but at different times, if that makes sense. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. In essence, we are all God. We are all one, just different times, experiencing different things. Yeah. And then eventually, when we have all these experiences done and our soul has emerged and pretty much birthed, then I don't know what we do. We'd become the all-knowing. We become a god of our own and create our own world and watch a little baby soul get rebirthed over and over and over again, learning all these new experiences. Damn. Yeah. So that's that theory. And then, of course... Along with that is dreaming, right? When we fall asleep and dream, it's from our past experiences. I say past, but 
it's hard to explain that there's no time, okay? So I'm using that as a way to explain it, but it's basically other experiences that we've had during our soul incubation period, I guess. I don't know, rebirths. So pretty much premonitions aren't you dreaming of the future. It's you actually dreaming of the past experience that you have encountered. Yeah. So let's say 9-11 happened, right? And you were one of the terrorists on the plane, which in this theory you would be. You're running into the building, right? So you die, you get rebirthed in, let's just say, 1979, okay, in New York. You're 22 years old in 2001. You're working at the Twin Towers. September 10th comes along. You have a dream. Planes hit the tower. But the reason you have that dream is because of your previous life experience as the terrorist. It's all just about your soul learning new things and growing from it. Okay. Yeah. So learning the good and the bad. Tell good from evil. Well, yeah. So there you go. That's that theory. Pretty deep. (laughs) It's an extremely deep theory to end our theories on. So now we're going to transition to personal thoughts and theories. What do you think dreams are, Dan? I believe that our souls are not complete as we are now. Like me right now is only part of my soul. When you dream, there's other like parallel dimensions or realities where another part of my soul is experiencing. And those dreams are when the parts of the souls connect. They say you can't dream of someone you never met and all that, but then say you had a dream and you meet someone that you don't know, you, never, you don't remember seeing them, don't know their name, but they're in your dream. I had a dream of people I've never seen before. I had a dream of two women who were heroin addicts during a tornado outside of uh, Comanche Peak Nuclear Power Plant and I had to save them. Yeah, so I would say that the other part of your soul, another reality or dimension, however you want to think of it, has actually experienced that. They, he saw... These two women outside the nuclear plant and you saved them. So pretty much your other part of your soul did that and you dreamt of it and you connect with it. And that's what I think dreams are. So it's kind of like the God theory. Kind of. Okay. I'm going to have to go with the God theory on this one. Uh, This is dipping into my own personal beliefs and I don't really talk uh, about what I believe. Kind of keep it private. Um, And I know we don't talk about religion you know, or politics. But yeah, I, I believe this is what our soul is. It's just being, we're being reincarnated for our soul to learn and learn and learn. And then I don't know what we become after that. After our soul gets birthed, it's pretty much an egg being incubated, our soul learning all of these experiences. Then eventually it's able to gain enough knowledge and experience to bust out of that incubation and go to the next dimension of whatever we may be. It's, you know, whether it be a pure energy soul or pure energy essence that is made up of our soul i don't know i'd like to think that because you know we all have different thoughts and all that but we all have intrusive thoughts have you read intrusive thoughts give me an example like say instead of me just sitting here i'm gonna come over and just smack the shit out of you i have that shit all the time i was in coles the other day well the other day is probably like three months ago i was in coles there's this old lady probably 80 something she was buying a pair of jeans and I was behind her and I had a pair of shorts and I was waiting to check out and she kept complaining and she was cussing out the, the cashier. I wanted to take my hand. I just want to slap the shit out of the back of her fucking head. But I didn't do that because maybe she had dementia or something. You know, I wasn't going to hold it against her. Plus, that's somebody's grandmama and I ain't going to slap the shit out of somebody's grandmama. So 
See, and I think why we have those, our other part could have actually gone and did that. And like that same thought process in our head, but we, we knew like, okay, we shouldn't do that. But our other self was just like, screw it. I'm doing it. What did Aaron get arrested for? Well, he slapped the shit out of this old lady's <laughs> You know that, uh, that, uh, I don't know if you've seen that video, that guy with the twisted T standing line. Oh, God, hit, yeah. Hits that guy across the face. Damn. Ugh, that guy deserved it. Yeah. I don't know why I mentioned that, but. I mean, intrusive thought. You can see that in the video, the guy wanted to hit him, and then he like kind of stopped, and that's when the can fell out of his hand. And then the other guy tried to kick the cans. And when he picked up the can, he's just like, all right, and I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to. And hit it across his face. And the reason why he did that is because that uh, the guy who got hit saying some things he shouldn't have said. Yeah. Being racist. So. Deserved it. Yeah, he did. Anyway, uh, do you have any other personal thoughts, theories, anything you want to talk about? I know we mentioned sleep paralysis. Um, you said it happened to you. It did. Do you have anything you want to add to that? I mean, the experience itself was scary, but I didn't like witness anybody standing over me or anything like that. It's just how long did it last for a good two, three minutes? How many times has it happened to you? So that time only like in that one, it was once it was when my alarm went off and I woke up to the alarm going off. I'm looking at the phone, but I couldn't do anything. I looked at it. I could see the button to say like, you know, sleep or whatever, but I couldn't move, couldn't reach it. And it was like after two, three minutes when my ex yelled at me, like, are you going to cut that off or not? Like that kind of like broke my little sleep paralysis to where I was just like, just laying there. I'm just like staring at it, wanting to do it, wanting to say something, but I couldn't. Mm. And it's only ever happened once to you in your life. That happened once just like that. But other times when I go into sleep and something weird happens, but not sleep paralysis. Okay. Have you had sleep paralysis happen? No. You want it to happen? No, I don't. <laughs> Sounds scary. It really is. It's like you, you're in your body, but then again, you have no control whatsoever. That's probably one of my biggest fears. And we've talked about this before on a previous episode of an individual who got encephalitis uh, lethargica. I remember that. That guy um, ended up pretty much being locked into his body and he couldn't move anything. He was just laying there and the doctors thought he was in a vegetative state. When in reality, he could hear and see everything. He just couldn't move. Couldn't move, couldn't say anything, couldn't react. This happened to a bunch of people. Yeah. And they like found a cure to fix it, but it only lasted so long. Yeah, there was an acute encephalitis lethargica and then uh, chronic. So it's a very interesting thing. I know you did a Theories Thursday on it, and then we ended up doing an actual story of an individual who contracted that and uh, went into that vegetative state and experienced... What was it a whole different lifetime and dimension elsewhere? Oh, yeah. And then came that. back. So very weird stories. Anyways, uh, if you or a loved one have contracted encephalitis lethargica and live to tell about it, or if you've had sleep paralysis, send us an email. We would love to hear from you. With that being said, Dan, do you have anything you want to add? I think I'm good for the episode. It was a good episode. I liked it. It was. I love dreams. All right. Well. With that being said, that is the end of today's episode over dreams. Now we're going to get to our on the scene. So if you don't know what our on the scene is, it is where each week we play an audio recording that we have received. And this audio recording is of an individual interviewing or giving their own personal theory about certain conspiracy happenings that are currently occurring. Now, anyone can do this, meaning, yes, you, 
who's listening right now can do this. All you got to do is take your phone out, record the audio on your phone, and make sure it's less than two minutes long. And please make sure that there is no music in the background. After you get that audio, you can then email it to us, and we will put it in line to play at the end of the show each week. All right, so for this week's On the Scene, we have Will, and we're going to play that right now. Hey, there's a third con. This is Will. Um, I'm one of your listeners out here, just paying attention, keeping my third eye open, um, always speaking facts and doing research that you guys put out there. Uh, yeah, I got a few friends and stuff here that I'm going to give some answers to. I just started a new job. I'm a welder at this company here, not far from my house. And, uh, yeah, there's some few guys out there I'd be talking to about you guys' shows and episodes and stuff and got all them routed up out there. Uh, yeah, man, I, I love you guys' show. I've watched from the beginning to the end, beginning to the end, probably like four times. That's how good, I, that's how much I love it. I get enough of it. Gives me a, a rock on, a hard on, you know. So, uh. Yeah, I love you guys, man. Daniel, I sent you a message a while back on Instagram about Alien versus Predator. You suck. You like the aliens. <laughs> I'm a Predator guy. That's where the alien stuff started from. Uh, I was a kid, and it took off from there. I'm all crazy about aliens, man, UFOs and stuff. I'm crazy about it. Aaron, uh, there is a movie called Moonfall starring Holly Berry and Patrick Wilson. Check it out, man. It's really good. It's on HBO Max if you got it. If not, pirate that shit. It's great, man. Good good movie. Daniel, Asian Sensation. <laughs> uh, the Asian Sensation. That's crazy. Man, keep rocking, guys. I love you guys, man. You guys mean a lot to me. A lot to the Theories of Third Kind listeners. Be awesome, man. Stay awesome. Love you guys. Aaron, I got something I'm going to send you. Be on the lookout for it. Love you guys. Peace. Thank you, Will, for the voicemail. Yes, thank you. Asian sensation. Ooh. Halle Berry. What's it called? Moonfall? Moonfall. Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson. Let's see. Man, that's got an IMDB rating of 5.1. What is it on Rotten Tomatoes? And if we could watch Tusk, you can watch anything, okay? Hey, Tusk is a pretty good movie. That was a... Dumb movie. <laughs> Dude, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 36% rotten. I'll give it a chance, though. Moonfall is so bad, it's good. <laughs> there are reviews. Oh, Jesus. Oh, so it's going to be like rubber. Uh, let's see. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurling onto a collision course with life as we know it. Within weeks before the impact and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut is convinced that she has the key in saving us all. But only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, and conspiracy theorist Casey Houseman, believe her. These unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch effort, mission in space, leaving behind everyone they love, only to find out that our moon is not what we think it is. So there you go, the whole movie. You don't even have to freaking watch it. But what is the moon, then? I don't know. Probably an alien spaceship. So we have to watch it now. We'll add that to our movie list. All right, um, so what did he say? He's sending you something? He's sending you something. Oh, Jesus. Open something good, and don't send me something that'll get me sick. 
I'm just now recovering, okay? But I love you and I'm proud of you. Thank you for this week's On the Scene. Yes, thank you for that. Much love. Aliens. Aliens are winner. They beat the Predators. Yeah, I'm with the aliens. All right, so let's move on to birthday shout-outs. So to start off this week's birthday shout-outs, we have Mariah, whose birthday was on February 7th. So happy birthday, Mariah. I hope it was a good one. We love you, and we're proud of you. Happy birthday, Mariah. Our next birthday shout-out goes to Lauren McGrath. Her birthday was February 6th. So happy birthday to Lauren. Happy birthday, Lauren. I wonder if you're related to Jeremy McGrath, the Supercross racer, seven-time champion, or six-time. Seven? Six. I don't, I don't ask know. me. I have no idea. One of those. He was famously known for his knack-knack. The hell's that? It's a trick where he just literally stands up on his bike and puts one foot over and then puts it back. Oh. Kind of lame. It's not like what they're doing today with like double, triple, 180 backflips and shit. Anyway. Happy birthday, Lauren. Hope it's a good one. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Taylor Tenzia, or Tenzio. Their birthday was on February 5th, and this birthday shout-out is from your fiancé, Brandon. Ooh. He says, Taylor, love you, and guess what? I'm going to fart on you tonight. That's weird, Brandon, but hey, Taylor, I hope you enjoy it. Happy birthday. Hope it's a good one. Hey, to each their own. Happy birthday, Taylor. Our next birthday shout-out goes to Stephanie, and they requested their birthday shout-out be a love you and proud of you. Love you, Stephanie, and I'm proud of you. Boom. Happy birthday. All right. And by the way, her birthday was on February 2nd. So our next birthday uh, was way back on January 26th. It is to Caleb, and they requested a birthday shout out of I love you and I'm proud of you. So Caleb, we love you and we're proud of you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Caleb. Our next birthday shout out is to Lauren, a.k.a. Ninja Baby. Ninja Baby's birthday was on February 6th, so happy birthday to Ninja Baby. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Carla. Her birthday was way back on January 29th, and she requested for me and you to sing her a happy birthday. So, start it off, Dan. Happy birthday, Carla. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Carla. Happy birthday. Happy birthday All right, that's enough. He ain't seen the whole damn song. Goddamn. I was just going. <laughs> Happy birthday, Carla. Hope it was a good one. We love you and we're proud of you. Much love. All right. So our next birthday shout out goes to Daniel Shepard. His birthday was on February 2nd. And he wants Dan to give him a quote of the day. Quote of the day. Hmm. Quote of the day is about friends. I would rather have a dollar than four quarters. I heard that one and I liked it. Okay, well, I hope you enjoy that lame quote, Daniel. Uh, my quote would have been, one can try to beat his meat, but one will never successfully beat it. Or you can come in the sink, but don't sink in the cum. Oh, my <laughs> God. All right, so the next, all right, could you tell us about this next birthday shout-out? Jesus. All right, the next birthday shout-out is to Alyssa. Her birthday is February 4th, so happy birthday to Alyssa. Happy birthday, Alyssa. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Tracy. Her birthday is on January 29th. Happy birthday. We love you, and we are proud of you. Much love, Tracy. Happy birthday. The next birthday shout-out goes to Danielle Allen, whose birthday was on February 3rd. It's a birthday shout-out to her and to tell her hubby that he owes her a piping hot 
Pad Thai. Pad Thai. I love Pad Thai, man. Oh, my God. There's a place up in New Hampshire called uh, Susan's, I think. God, it's so good. Is that like on Seabrook Beach? No. I don't know what town it's in. I think Dover, maybe. Oh. And uh, Sarah's Thai Restaurant. Let me look that up. Sarah's Thai Restaurant. Yeah, it's in Dover, New Hampshire. They offer Pad Thai and Malaysian and Vietnamese options. And they've won multiple awards. Hands down, the best Pad Thai in the Northeast. I put my life on that. So good. Anyway, Danielle's hubby, you owe Danielle a Pad Thai meal. So fly her up to New Hampshire. But happy birthday. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Chris. Their birthday was on January 29th, and they request a birthday shout-out in a Dr. Seuss way. That's a great thing to be. If I say so myself, happy birthday to me. But it's not my birthday. Happy birthday to you, Chris. Boom, there it is. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Marissa, whose birthday is on February 1st. So happy birthday to you, Marissa. Nice. Happy birthday, Marissa. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Sarah Gray. Her birthday was on January 24th, and she requests a love you and proud of you. Boom. Happy birthday, Sarah. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Pappy Warbucks, whose birthday was January 31st. Birthday shout out and the request for y'all to sing it, but as if you guys are whispering sweet nothings into my ear holes. Happy birthday, Poppy Warbucks. Happy birthday to you. To the AMSRMR things. I'm going to talk to you from this side, then I'll go over here. So happy birthday, 4186 next. Happy birthday. I hate when they do the fucking tapping. Oh, God, I can't stand that. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Amber. Her birthday was on January 31st, so happy birthday to you. Love you, and I'm proud of you. Happy birthday, Amber. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Nomai Guerrero, whose birthday was February 4th, and they want a birthday shout-out in a Morty voice from Rick and Morty. Uh, hey, Rick, I don't know. Hey, guy. I mean, I've never, I never watched Rick and Morty. I mean, that was kind of good. Hi, hey, Rick. I don't know if... I gotta listen to it. I can't. I, I, I've never watched a full episode of Rick and Morty. I actually never even watched like five minutes of it. Some of them were pretty crazy. Funny. I'll have to check it out. But happy birthday. And I hope it's a good one. Yeah, happy birthday. All right. So our next birthday shout out goes to Alexis Stewart. Her birthday was on February 2nd. She requests a birthday shout out in our highest pitch you can sing it in. Now, I'm not going to do that because my voice is already starting to go. I can tell. So I apologize. But I will tell you this, I'm proud of you, and I love you. I cannot do a high-pitched voice to save my life. My voice cuts out. <laughs> Happy birthday. I can't even do that. Yeah, that's as high as I could go right now. So, happy birthday, Alexis, in my normal, non-high-pitched voice. Can you go real deep with it, Dan? Kind of. Happy birthday. No, not that deep. Dan, that's like <laughs> demon shit. God dang. Anyways. Happy birthday. <laughs> So our next birthday shout out goes to Samantha, whose birthday was February 6th. So happy birthday to you, Samantha. Happy birthday. All right. So our next birthday shout out goes to Pedro V. His birthday was on February 2nd. He wants a birthday, birthday shout out while beatboxing. Happy birthday. 
Happy birthday, Pedro. I know everyone's skipping over that one. <laughs> so our next birthday shout out goes to Tristan, whose birthday was February 4th. So happy birthday to you, Tristan. Nice. Happy birthday, Tristan. All right. So our next birthday goes to Quentin Jr. He is turning 13 on February 17th, and he wants a birthday shout out. And Quentin Sr., your father, requests you let him know he's ugly. And holy shit. Jesus. And uh, that. But hey, Quentin Sr. saying that Quentin Jr. is ugly, but he loves him. And he was hoping you guys could tell him a happy birthday in your best. Macho man, Randy. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh, you. Would you come in the cream of the cup? You. Happy birthday, Quentin. Yeah, I can't do that. But happy birthday, Quentin. And I'm pretty sure you're not ugly. No, you're not. Don't, don't listen to your dad. Go to the refrigerator. And kick him in the dick. Give him the old dick twist. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, get, grab a piece, a slice of cheese, walk up to him and. Throw it right on his forehead. Or you could do that, yeah. Then you probably get your ass whooped. Well, not if you can run. I mean, later. <laughs> yeah, later. All right, next birthday shout-out goes to Justin, whose birthday is on February 12th. And it's a birthday shout-out and request to Aaron to keep it coming, bitch. I guess that's what he wants me to say. Keep it coming, bitch. There it is. So happy birthday, Justin. Happy birthday, Justin, bitch. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Connor. His birthday was on February 11th. He requests Dan sing happy birthday in his amazing Asian accent. Okay, before he does that, just want to remind everybody that Dan is half Vietnamese, so this is not culture appropriation, okay? Take it away, Dan. Oh, happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, my God. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Jesus. Y'all trying to get us canceled. Thanks. <laughs> happy birthday, Connor. Happy birthday, Connor. Our next birthday shout out goes to Emily, but it's also a anniversary shout out so her birthday's on february 9th and i believe their anniversary is on february 8th with their significant other jonah nice happy birthday and happy anniversary nice all right so our next birthday shout out goes to daniela d her birthday was on february 10th happy birthday we love you and we're proud of you happy birthday daniela our next birthday shout-out goes to Tori Biggs, whose birthday is on February 13th. So, happy birthday, Tori. Nice. Happy birthday, Tori. All right. So, our next birthday shout-out goes to Logan K. His birthday is on February 13th. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Logan. Our next birthday shout-out is to Erica, whose birthday was January 27th. So, happy birthday to you, Erica. Hope it was a good one. Happy birthday, Erica. All right. So, our next birthday shout-out goes to Vicky. Her birthday was on February 13th. And she wants a birthday shout out saying, Carl. 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 Listen here, Carl. Happy birthday, Vicky. Happy birthday, Vicky. All right. So our last birthday shout out. Tell us it, Dan. So our last birthday shout out goes to Peyton Wallace, who was diagnosed cancer free after undergoing treatments in August of 2022. His birthday was January 31st. And we just want to celebrate with you, Peyton. Celebrate with you the success of Hashtag Operation Kill Gilmore. Hey, and I just want you to know that you fucked Bill Moore, Bill Moore, Gilmore, whatever the hell the thing's name is, in its shiny butthole. And I'm proud of you, Peyton, and happy birthday to you. And you know what? You're going to have many, many more to come. Okay? Boom. Happy birthday, Peyton. And congrats. Congrats. We celebrate with you. We love you. And we're proud of you. All right. So that wraps up our birthday shout outs and pretty much wraps up today's episode again i wanted to thank you all 
for your patience and understanding for last week. Very difficult. As uh, some of you might not know, I got pretty sick. Yeah, he looked like death. Even though he had started to recover, he, you nosedived. I nosedived, yeah. So I got really, really sick a couple weeks ago. I started to get better. And then uh, as I was like 80%, it ended up nosediving and I got super sick, worse than before. And then my son ended up getting really sick as well. And he was actually admitted into the hospital for, I don't know, like three or four days because his O2 levels were really low. But luckily, he's out of the hospital now. So yeah, uh, we're all good. And uh, I'm almost 100%. So again, thank you for your understanding in this difficult time. And uh, just know I'm here for you. And I love you. And I'm proud of every single one of you. Boom. Much love. So with that being said, I want to thank you for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing. Every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.